So the big question is this, how do real estate agents like us get started in selling luxury real estate? How do we go from selling typical starter homes to selling multi-million dollar properties? What does it take to become successful in the luxury real estate industry? That is the question. And this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Juan Carlos Baronetti, and welcome to the Luxury Agent Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Luxury Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Juan Carlos Baronetti. Make sure to tune in and subscribe. We're going to be having additional interviews and guests with some of the best of the best in luxury real estate. On today's show, we're going to be interviewing Jade Kalbacher down in Miami. Uh, she is dominating the market and she is focusing on breaking into the celebrity market. She works with a lot of those uh, really well-known reggaeton musicians that you probably listen to on the radio. And uh, if you are interested in finding out uh, how she broke into this market and how she's doing um, all of these new developments and really selling out these properties, well, listen in. Uh, before we get started, I just want to give everyone an update. We are going live on our YouTube channel. Uh, it is at the Gold Bar Real Estate Network platform. So make sure you follow us there and always tune in on our Instagram at Gold Bar. So let's get this thing started. Jade, how are you today? I am good. I'm good. It's sunny. I don't know if you can see the view back here, but it is it's a beautiful day. And, I love uh, your view. What, what part of us, South Florida are you based out of? Um, I live in Edgewater, which is a newer part of Miami. So, so tell us about Edgewater. Is that the new place to live? Is that like where all the new construction is happening? Yes, it is. And it is where I move everyone. <laughs> and, well, most people and their mother. Well, not their mother because it's a younger area, but just rented uh, the penthouse next door. Um, the thing I just was talking about that came on is, is over here. I mean, Edgewater is this great area because obviously you have the views and you're centrally located by the, you know, it's just the best of the best um, here. I think Miami Beach is nice because you have the beach, but Edgewater is really uh, the future. I love it. That's awesome. And we spoke before the show. You told me you've been uh, in real estate for four years and you've been with Compass for two. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What made you want to get started in real estate? Um, so I actually got my real estate license as kind of a joke. I said, oh, well, if all else fails, I'll go into real estate because um, uh, like I mentioned, I studied finance and um, that was kind of the career path I was going down. Um, and then I had a brief stunt in a very well-known, um, very well-known financial firm that from the first day I joined, I said, I hate this. This is not me. Then I worked a little bit in venture capital and across the street there was a real estate office. And every day I would kind of look at it and say, wow, I really want to do that every day. So I had my license, but I wasn't doing it. You know, it wasn't my main source. Uh, and so one day I just decided, you know what, that's it. Um, no more. I'm doing it full time. And it was very scary. Um, initially, I'm sure a lot of people go through that. And then, you know, as you go on and, and, uh, and get bigger and bigger, you can't imagine doing anything else. No, absolutely. And did you start out in Miami uh, as far as uh, your realistic career? Yes. What was that like breaking into the luxury market? Cause we're seeing you sell some of these multi-million dollar luxury condos nowadays. Um, did you have to get your foot through the door through uh, a contact? Did you actually start prospecting them yourself? How, how did you break in? So it's funny because we always ask people, how did you do it? You know, how can I do it? Kind of like to rip off and duplicate kind of thing. So I would ask a lot of people initially, you know, 
what's your strategy, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to know. And no one really tells you. Um, and I think that's because it's different for every single person. Um, so I mean, some people like cold call, I did that for like a week and I was like, this is awful. I feel like, I feel like the telemarketer, I don't want to do this. Um, so I stopped. Um, I think that everyone kind of has to find their own rhythm, um, and their own way that works for them. And I really believe that's why you can't tell other people how to do it because it's a very personalized thing. Uh, right now, uh, I would say probably 90% of my business just comes, I don't advertise, I don't do any of that. Um, I actually don't believe in it. I know that's very counter, basically every other realtor, but uh, I, so I don't advertise 90% of my business. Well, I would say 50 of it is uh, friends and 40 of that 90 would be referrals. And then 10% is just miscellaneous. I love it. And now what do you do to actually stay in touch with those referrals? Are you sending them a, a weekly email? Are you calling them? Are you inviting them out to events and uh, staying in touch? What do you do? No, I mean, I'm very big on Instagram. So I, I'm pretty active on there. And I always respond to people's stories and they respond to mine. So it's very, very interactive. I mean, I receive emails all the time and I don't know who the agents are. I mean, and they send me their clients. Uh, and so that's great. I mean, once you can get there, that's amazing. And I think that just, it's really about relationships to make it sound simple. I talk to everyone from the, you know, people who clean my building to the person who works in the mail office, um, because you really never know. Well, every, first of all, everyone needs a place to live. Um, and so that's the first thing. And second of all, you don't know who they know. I love so, that. You, you never know where your next piece of business is going to come from. And 100%. it's really cool how Instagram nowadays really acts as your networking tool to nurture your business and, and grow those relationships. Uh, yeah. And 15 years ago, people would have to send out mailers and postcards to remind them that they even sell real estate. Now you can just post a cool little story of you uh, from your nice little view in, in Edgewater, you going out there hustling, working with clients. It, it's just really creative what we could do nowadays. Yeah. It's just staying top of mind. I think for all of those People and I have a lot of friends um, and obviously they all need places to live too. And those friends have friends and, and it's kind of a domino effect. In the beginning, I was kind of, when I first got my license, I said to someone, I said, wait, wait, where do the clients come from? And they laughed. I was like, wait, they don't hand them to me. I didn't understand like that whole part. Um, and that was kind of a really big part that I was missing. Um, and so I kind of find, found my own way to do it, which is really just, um, I actually make the list every day and I talk to a certain number of people whether it's just saying hi or whatever, making a call, text. And that's, that's how I run my business. I mean, it works for me. So I love to tell everyone that you're number one, you're in the lead generation business first and you're in the real estate business second. And yeah. a lot of people have that idea that you're going to come on board and they're going to be like, oh, here's $3 million sellers, go sell their house. Yeah. But it's the complete opposite. You have to put in the work, you have to foster those relationships. You have to go ahead and and wait until they're ready to, to buy or sell. So 100%. you're actually in the process of working with several celebrities. What's that like? How is that like compared to working with your average client, let's say? Well, uh, it's funny because I actually don't have many average clients. I, I do have one couple. He's a CPA and she's a doctor. Um, and I found when I was comparing the difference in how the transaction works and such, I much prefer the celebrity now just because I'm so used to it and their way of kind of doing the transaction. Um, first biggest uh, difference, as I mentioned, I think earlier to you, is that they want you to do everything for them. You know, people who are, they're used to it, famous people that are used to having someone do everything for them, wait on them hand and foot, and that's kind of what you have to do. And if you don't, they will find someone that, do, that will do it for them. Um, so that's the first thing. 
Second thing is their decision process is not as long. It's a lot shorter. They're a lot more decisive because they have to be. Um, and I prefer that. I prefer going in with a client. They see a place saying, ew, and we turn around because I don't even want to waste the 15, 20 minutes. It's not worth it, right? Um, to pretend. So some of the clients I'm working with now, they will, you know, will spend a lot of time initially saying, you know, what do you want? Do you like this building, that building? And um, we'll actually probably only see one or two places until they go, okay, this is it done. Because I get to know them on such a level that I'll even go before and say, are they going to like this? Because if I don't want to waste their time, uh, this is very valuable. And a lot of times they're not here. You know, they're on planes, they're doing this, they're in Dominican Republic, they're shooting videos. So it's, you have to, when you have that time, you have to make sure that you're maximizing it and getting exactly what they want to see. Because if not, they will not use you again. No, that's awesome. And that's great insight. So they're very particular. They know exactly what they want. Um, yep. Let's say they are traveling and they actually can't be there at the showing. Do you preview the properties for them? Um, I do. I always do for them, um, obviously, depending on the price point. But but the ones I'm working with now, yes, I always preview for them. And a couple of them that I work with want multiple properties, right? So one, I just got two places and he is looking for two more. So it's a constant stream of business if you do it the right way and if they like the way you work. Um, so I will go and make sure they're good and I'll say, okay, this is it. Um, sometimes we'll actually write the offer before they see it, um, just because the market's pretty competitive right now, um, but also it, it saves us time. So if they don't like it, we cancel, uh, but they, they usually do because I've, I've said, you know, I really think you're going to like this, knowing your taste, da, 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 da. Okay, let's write the offer. Let's agree to a number and then, um, and we'll move from there. That's awesome. And for anyone listening, that's a really good competitive strategy to go ahead and write an offer before you actually see the property. Because now you have the listing agent's attention. Now they know that you're serious. You've probably yeah. submitted a proof of funds um, and that your client's ready to go. So they're going to give you first dibs on, on that showing. Um, yeah. So Jade, let's talk about the privacy with working with a celebrity. What is that like in terms of um, you communicating with them? Do, do you deal directly with them or do they have like a representative that talks on their behalf? So it depends on who. Um, uh, I have certain clients that I, I, most of my clients, you know, depending on who they are, but I, I still talk to them directly. Um, as far as who writes the paperwork and who uh, sends over their financial information, uh, it's usually handled by someone else, a manager, a producer, a uh, brother, a sister, just not really them because they don't really have time for that. It's really just for them. They're the sole decision maker. And once they make that decision, then they bring in everyone else. But, you know, the, everyone else is in charge of kind of the, um, the transaction, so to speak. So they just go in, you know, they take their look, they say yes or no. Uh, usually yes. And then, you know, after I've scoped it out and then we move forward um, and that's when the other people get involved. But every day I, I'm usually talking to that, that person, whoever it is. That's excellent. And then last but not least, how do you break into the circle? Do you uh, start hanging out in the places where, where they're interacting? Is it through referrals or connections? How did you break into start working with musicians? Well, I think that, you know, everyone kind of has their own way, but I actually briefly dated a, a singer who is totally not the right type for me or anything. Um, and then from that, so he had a lot of friends that needed places and it started like that. And we decided that it wasn't going to work between us, but we could still, you know, do business together because um, we were friends after that. And then I would go to the studio with them and then, oh, look, this person needs a house. Oh, look, they're looking for a place for, the, you know, just that's how it works. It was kind of a, a domino effect. Um, so it really is just, getting in however it is um well maybe joining a soho beach house or something and being where they are 
um, and being kind of in that circle because a lot of these musicians and, and their producers, what most people want from them is not to sell them a house. It's, um, it's a record deal. It's, they want their music produced. So I was coming in at a different angle and it was kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah, we, we need that. So that works. Um, if I was saying, look, I need an investment for my song, they'd probably be like, no, no, no stop. But because I was, it was so different, it was totally accepted with open arms. And, and like I said previously, once you're in, you are in. I love it. That is awesome. And now what's your routine like day to day from the time that you wake up to the time you go to sleep? Like what's the life like of a, of a luxury agent? Well, it's right. Today is pretty weird um, because as I mentioned, I had laser eye surgery yesterday. So it's kind of funky. Um, but normally uh, I actually don't get up early. I know that you do. And so does my sister. Um, and I know every successful person that I've ever talked to. Oh, you got to get up early. Except JLo. She wakes up at 10 a.m. Um, so I kind of follow more of that pattern. I don't really wake up until like nine, nine thirty, and I kind of start out very slow. And then um, I'll try to do abs in the morning. I'm also a huge worker outer like my sister. Um, and then um, usually just out the door immediately for showings. Um, most of the stuff that I do is while I am on the go. Like I don't ever really sit down at an office ever. I just don't have time. Um, I do most of my paperwork and offers at night. So I'll be showing all day, running around. Um, my car is like my home base, really. Um, so I'll show something from Bell Harbor to Coconut Grove to Coral Gables. I'm all over the place driving, driving, driving. Um, and in between, I'll listen to like audiobooks and stuff like that. And I'll take calls with clients. And then if I have to get in an offer immediately, I will, I'll actually pull over and do it on my phone. But um, just because the market is very competitive right now. But normally uh, I wait until after I finished running and I do it at night around like 10, 11 o'clock is when I write the offers and do the paperwork, because if not, my phone will just be ringing every five seconds. No, Jay, that's awesome. And listen, I want to thank you once again for taking the time. We know you're really busy. Uh, before we end off for today, do you have any book recommendations, any audible that you'd uh, recommend to an agent that wants to break into the luxury uh, real estate market? Yeah, actually, there's a couple. I am a huge, I'm a huge audible person. Ryan Sirhan's books are obviously amazing. I actually like the first one a lot better than the second one. I know that's not what everyone says, but the, I, I thought the first one was better. Sorry, Ryan. Um, the other book, Matthew McConaughey's book is so good. I've heard, uh, I don't yeah. Know if, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know if you've listened to that, but it's really good. It's read by him and I like when it's the author and, and it's kind of interesting on his journey to becoming, you know, a celebrity. He did it in a funky way, which I like so that you kind of relate that to real estate. And then there's another one. Oh, for real estate specifically, there's a book called seven L's. Um, and it's kind of like a, it's kind of a little like a hometown book, you know, but it actually has some good substance to it. Um, so I, I really like that. I really like that. Those three would probably be my top three. Really good. And if anyone's listening, the Matthew McConaughey book, it's called green lights. So you can yes, go ahead and yes, look that yes, up. Yes. Yeah, you have to listen to that. It's 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 a great book. Really cool. Jay, thank you so much for uh, taking the time once again. How can people find you? Do you have uh, Instagram, email, website? What's the best uh, way to get it? I do. I do have Instagram. My Instagram is just my name. So it's at Jade, which is J-A-D-E. And my last name, Calbacher, which is K-A-L-B-A-C-H-E-R. So I know it's confusing, but um, I'm the only one with that name. So. All right, Jay. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right. Uh, if you're tuning in right now, remember, hit us with the follow and a subscribe, depending on what platform you're listening to. Uh, and make sure to stay tuned for more updates. We have some major guests incoming. 
for the next couple of weeks. Uh, once again, this is one Carlos Baronetti with the Luxury Agent Podcast. We are out.